If you like sports talk with absolutely no sports talk, then welcome to the Just Not Sports podcast. This is the show where a couple guys who work in sports talk to the people who play and cover sports about anything and everything they like, just not sports. On today's show, we'll talk to ESPN football reporter Wendy Nix, who escapes the grind of traveling every damn week for work with more travel. And with the movie Creed hitting theaters and generating Oscar buzz, we'll climb into the ring to duke it out over which pro athlete made the best impression in the Rocky movies. And yes, we're counting Mr. T as an athlete. I'm your co-host, Brad Burke. I'm a sports marketer in Chicago. Joining me on the road this week are both our co-hosts. We've got a leading sports media strategist who's worked with the University of Colorado, the Green Bay Packers, and many global sports brands. It's Adam Willard. Adam, how are you, buddy? I'm refreshed, Brad. I'm ready to go. Uh... You guys are like my family, and I'm glad to be back with my family. I feel like it's, you know, it's like a, one of those family reunions you plan three days after Christmas, and you're like, oh, you guys again? It's like, Adam, oh, back on the phone with you? No, you guys bring so much joy to my life, and I'm not just saying that. I'm thankful for you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Awkward. Uh, yeah, man, this feels great. Like, uh, sorry to jump in before the intro, but it's like I'm on the phone with you in lieu of putting my children to bed tonight. So that's where you fit as family in my life. I'm with you, Adam. Hey. Yeah, I don't have any family. I own a cat, so you guys are all I have. <laughs> I repeat, awkward. Uh, also with us on the road, you heard the voice of Gareth Hughes, our Emmy-winning producer. Gareth, uh, tell your tell your kids we're really, really sorry about your neglect. Uh, you know what? It's all right. It's uh, it's going to be a busy month from now through the Super Bowl. So I basically, I had a lovely time with my family over the holidays. And as we came back to work this Monday, I basically said goodbye and I'll see you in February. So yeah. there you go. And for our listeners, you know, we're, we're three guys that work in sports. And no one wants to hear this, but it, it like the Super Bowl is just the busiest time of the year for us. And it's one of those things where you talk, you complain about it, and people are like, oh, poor you. You have to like think about the Super Bowl. Uh, but yeah, it's like nonstop work for the next five weeks. Yeah, exactly. It has begun today. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen. Indeed. So. And ladies and gentlemen, also on the line. Our fearless producer, Mr. Joe Reed. Joe, what do you have to tell us today? Happy New Year, Brad. That's all I got. My New Year's resolution uh, was to talk more, so I'm talking more. You had two weeks to come up with that. Yeah, I'm sorry. As you should be. Way to go, scintillating, Joe. <laughs> scintillating. Uh, and, and you, our beautiful and unique Sparkle Ponies, the listeners. Thank you for listening. Thank you for all the comments and downloads we got over the holiday break with our, the episodes that went up the last few weeks. With that in mind, we, we really do appreciate comments on our iTunes um, homepage for Just Not Sports. And I want to start by saying our commenter of the week on iTunes, Darth Sista1977, who said, we humanize athletes. Well, Darth Sista1977, 
you humanize Sith Lords. Thank you for that. <laughs> might might also be... Was that be... a spoiler? Has everyone seen Star Wars? <laughs> uh, if you didn't know Darth Vader was a Sith, <laughs> you should have paid more attention to <laughs> any of the previous six movies. Uh, also, uh, that may or may not be my sister. <laughs> Unconfirmed, but uh, we'll <laughs> check into that. Let's. Uh, oh, by the way, whoever Your sister is a Sith. She's not a Jedi. I can tell you that much. <laughs> All right, Dark Force, got it. So, New Year's resolutions. We thought we would throw out a few for ourselves. Personal resolutions. You know, as we know, just not sports. We we focus on the world beyond the lines. How's that for teaser language, Gareth? I love it. Yeah. We're marketers. We're marketers here. So we wanted to throw out a few resolutions for ourselves, personal goals, aspirations, hopes for 2016. Adam, lead us off, man. What do, what do you got in the hopper for the next 12 months? So this is something I've been working on for a while, but um, as both of you know, um, we get older and our bodies uh, don't react as they used to. Now, I haven't played basketball on a regular basis since I was in college. Um, but last time I tried to do dunk a basketball or grab a rim, I can I can get rim. And I know at 6'5", you're all going to say, like, of course, you should be able to dunk a basketball backwards. But I can't. Um, so my 36th birthday is on March 29th of this year. And so I've been working towards being able to dunk a basketball again <laughs> no way i hate no i mean that is I, awesome. I want to be supportive awesome. but i want to be supportive but you're gonna dunk again yeah you don't think i can dunk again no man i wasn't Hold saying on that a can i actually say <laughs> let's get to the use of the word again in all this so uh in dunking what was your past dunking ability? What were your past dunking abilities like? I mean, I would say uh, when I was in college, I could dunk, uh, two hand dunk, um, no, no, two hand dunk off two feet um, without well, that's running. The, that's up. the stuff right there, man. Yeah. That's that's hard. Yeah. So I feel like I can get there again, Brad. Are you saying I can't? And would you like to place a wager on this? Okay, I'll take some of that. I'll take some of your money. I gotta pay Joe. Uh, we're way behind on installments. What do you want to bet? Oh, Joe's still getting paid. We should talk about that. Yeah. Um. No, it's got to be something besides money. Uh, we'll we'll discuss. How about we'll we'll turn it over to the listeners. If you've got ideas for what we should bet. If Adam throws it down... There we go. Two hands or one hand? Two hands. Okay, if Adam throws it down with two hands by March 29th, is that correct? Yep. Let us know what's on the line. We will facilitate. I feel a like a... a a Just Not Sports on the road in the gym episode, like a, like a video featurette coming on here. Joe just wants to make some more money. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Uh... Gareth, what's your New Year's resolution for 2016? 
first of all, Just on Sports will not be covering any reimbursement on those knee treatments. You might be able to dunk, but you're not Kobe. So, uh, my New Year's resolution. Uh, look, I we joked about this uh, in our private conversations. It's worth bringing up. I'm in the bit. Uh, I'm in uh, the midst of a pretty solid midlife crisis. I'm enjoying it. Uh, and on August. 17th i stopped drinking and so my goal is to not drink for the entirety of this year uh this might be a permanent change i find myself to be a happier person and a little more boring sure and but also a better husband and father so not to get all serious with it but i have that goal and i want to read more because i have stopped reading actual books which i love and pretty much only read Twitter. So those are my two goals for the year. Congrats on the drinking stuff. I, I can't wow, say anything against that's that. That's great. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, just to just uh, to clarify, Gareth I mean, was look, not like an alcoholic or anything. I think drinking. he's just, yeah, he wasn't like, this isn't like a mandated he can't drink. It was just like, hey, I'm going to quit drinking. It's like, okay, wow. Uh, no, I pick- you know, it's funny. It's one of those things where it's like um, – why did you quit drinking? Uh, I woke up on the couch one day, uh, having been drinking the night before, and my wife just basically turned to me, which is a common malady for every father I know and most of the guys in my neighborhood. And my wife just turned to me and she's like, why are you doing this? And I didn't have an answer for her. And I was like, yeah, I should stop. Now, look, I'm not a guy who's known for his moderation, if you know me. Um, so it just seemed like the right thing to do at the time. And I've really enjoyed my life since. And if I could have dunked to basketball in the past, I'd probably be able to now because I'm actually in decent shape for the first time in years. So nice. And yeah, I'm re yeah, I'm rereading Moby Dick. It's, uh, the greatest book in American letters and just trying to read more things that haven't been subdivided into 140 characters. So. Congratulations. Fully support you. Thank you. Garrett, the best book ever written was Charles Barkley's autobiography that he claimed he never read. <laughs> is that the one where he said he was taken out of context in his yeah. own yes. autobiography? Yes. Yep. That's, yep. That is a high point for this show. All right. So everyone thought mine was not real. Fine. Here's another one. I want to do a live show. I want Just Not Sports to do a live show. Joe's already sweating. I'm on board. He's on board. We're good. We're doing a live show. That's 2016. And I can't do a remote location video shoot, and you, we can do a live show. I think the I think the dunking video is happening. What about the dunk? Is is the live show? Let's do it, and we'll do it. In the, we'll get some athletes out there, throw them in a gym. It'll be great. All right, I'm in. Sold. Uh, Joe, we got to find a resolution. Cheerleaders. For Joe. Yeah, cheerleaders. There are there. Be cheerleaders. All yeah. The, cool. The Bengals from Cincinnati. Cool. Uh, okay, guys, Joe needs a resolution. He didn't come up with anything. What do you got? Let's come up I with I think it. he said, no, I, I believe he, he said, more. yeah, to talk more at the well, beginning that, of the show. And that, that was assigned to me last year. Okay, uh, shut up, Joe. So here's what I was thinking. Yeah, really. Shut this guy <laughs> up. Yeah, <laughs> Joe, nonstop. <laughs> nothing, nothing. Well, we got another year to figure roll out, buddy. Yeah, we got time. 2017, we're good. <laughs> All right, if you got a news resolution for an athlete, news resolution for us, news resolution for Joe, 
Email us, justnotsports at gmail.com, or tweet us at justnotsports, where we're always bringing the action, such as a, a very fun scroll down, a very funny interaction between our guest from last week, Bill Bellamy, from MTV, as well as some fans who didn't necessarily appreciate some of his smack talk toward one Michael Rappaport about um, his role in, uh, in Rock and Jock B-Ball Jam from MTV. But anyway, that's uh, on, at Just Not Sports on Twitter. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with ESPN reporter Wendy Nix talking about her passion for travel. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Oh, now look here, my boy. It's about to start. Fill it, my boy, with the sound of your heart. Make it go boom, sha la Our guest today is Wendy Nix. Wendy is one of those roving reporters who visits you every week, but always from a different destination. For almost a decade, <laughs> she has covered the NFL for ESPN, providing valuable insights and on-the-ground reporting to fans on Sundays, now in studio. But that's her work, and traveling for work just isn't the same as traveling for fun. So today, we're talking to Wendy about her passion for travel. Wendy, thanks for joining us. Are you in any exotic location right now? Yes, I'm on in the exotic island of Manhattan, which, trust me, <laughs> if you've ever been to Manhattan or lived there, it is absolutely exotic. Uh, so I am careening down the West Side Highway, if you know New York City at all, uh, because I am smart enough to work two-plus hours from where I live. So I do this often, and I multitask. Yeah, I, uh... So that's, that's where I am right now. I also have a 90-minute commute every morning, so um, I feel your pain. Oh, I, lo- I hate to say I love it, but misery loves company. Rarely do I have someone who can commiserate. So uh, it's one of those things, but we make it work, and um, it does allow me the opportunity to go a lot of other places, so I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, when did you first fall in love with travel, Wendy? Uh, was it during your actual work travels, or uh, did it start earlier? You know, I, uh, when we first started talking about this, I, I gave that some thought. And, I, you know, I don't know. I think it is such a part of me and so who I am. It's really all I remember. I'm a little bit of a gypsy at heart, which is funny because I have a very organized life and outlook pairs me where to be. But that's probably not how I would live if, if it was all up to me. Um, I like bouncing around. I like being in different places. Living out of a suitcase does not faze me at all. I always feel like I'm a little bit at home wherever I am. Uh, I've loved to travel for as long as I can remember. It's really how I learn. It's how I see the world. I love hearing stories and being around people that are different from me with different perspectives. So I, I don't know where it started or where it came from because it's all I ever remember. Wendy, I hated traveling until I married my now wife, who has dragged me all, <laughs> all around the world. And I'm curious... My wife is an obsessive planner, and I don't mean this as a gender thing. I'm just saying she's one of those like she wants every to control every you know part of the trip. I'm curious, is that your style, or are you a li- little bit more like me, like go with the flow? No, yeah, I'm a little bit of a nightmare, probably. I think because, um, as I mentioned, my life just by necessity has to be buttoned up. You know, it's my career. Yeah, I have two kids. You have to know where they're going. You have to. That my husband works somewhere else. We're so much coordinating that. I am the exact opposite when I travel. 
Uh, in part, I think, just out of experience, some of my greatest adventures and uh, best memories have come when things went wrong or, you know, I ended up in a place I didn't plan. I understand there's a lot, you know, <laughs> that's sort of rolling the dice and it probably cost me more or cost me time or whatever along the way. But uh, I'm the ultimate non-planner when I travel, uh, basically. And it has actually caused some uh, friction. It drives my, honey- my husband uh, crazy. We had a big blowout on our honeymoon, actually, because I was, it was a boat that was leaving. And I didn't really, like, well, if we miss this boat, what's the big deal? Well, unfortunately, it was the last boat, um, which didn't bother me. But uh, <laughs> it didn't put him in the best of uh, mindsets at the moment. So, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of a non-planner when I travel. Beyond the um, the honeymoon fiasco, uh, meaning just the boat. Which was New Zealand, <laughs> which I highly recommend, by the way. I love New Zealand. Excellent. Uh, besides that, you mentioned there are some situations where when things went wrong, there were, were some of your best adventures. Can you give us one of those stories? Gosh, yeah. Well, I know I, I lived in France for a year when I was in college. I was a French major in part. Um, I use that often. Ha, ha, ha because there's so many French people in the NFL. Um, I <laughs> traveled quite a bit. I, in fact, I traveled more than I went to class, much to the chagrin of my parents. But, you know, we um, got stuck. And I don't remember exactly the, the, the situation, uh, but there was, it was another boat, and we missed it. I, I guess that's a theme. I don't miss a lot of planes, but for some reason I seem to miss boats. Uh, and we were stuck uh, in Greece or ended up in a part of Greece that we did not plan, uh, we didn't plan on. And for, for several days, actually, it wasn't just a, a mini mistake. It was like a week mistake. And I fell in love with Greece. I've since returned six times. I covered the Olympics there in Athens uh, with NBC, which is probably one of my greatest professional memories. And I've taken my parents back to Greece, my children, my husband. Um, Greece has just become, I think, a really important place for me. And it happened because I missed a boat and ended up in Greece. Uh, and missed some exams, but turns out <laughs> that still worked out. Uh, but at the time, you know, you don't have a lot of money when you're traveling like that. We were supposed to get back for exams. That did not happen. But oh well, I found Greece. Uh, I've been to Greece. Gr- still- oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, sorry. I was just going to say, I- I've been to Greece with my wife, and I'm curious, did you favor, like, the Athens and the ruins and the kind of the hustle and the bustle of the city, or were you more of a Mykonos Island um, relaxation person? Yeah, I'm love Athens. Again, I, I, I always joke that my life runs like Germany, but I'd prefer it run like Greece. I, I could care less. If I, if I had it my way, I'd just say, oh, let's see what happens. It doesn't work in the real world, and I get it, so I button it up. But again, my bohemian nature just really prefers prefers that. And I loved Athens. I loved everything about it. Um, and that was 15, 20 years ago, and I've since been back. It's even better now. Um, although obviously Greece has had its issues lately, uh, economically, but I, uh, I love it, but I also love Santorini and Crete and Cyprus and Mykonos. Those are pretty awesome too, but I enjoy Athens. I really do. Were you one of those people that like took up a piece of the Acropolis, <laughs> Acropolis and like put it in your pocket to take home? No, no, <laughs> no, I, that's another thing. Again, it, I, I'm like the honest traveler. I don't take a lot of pictures. I don't bring a lot of stuff home. It's just, for me, it's all about the experience of being there, and I certainly can understand why anybody would want to take pictures. But I don't like miss. I don't like putting my head behind the camera. I'm always. I just. I'm looking. I'm talking. I love meeting people. 
I come back and what I have more than anything are stories instead of anything to show for myself. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me, but anyway. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't bring a lot home. I have no sand and I have no Acropolis. <laughs> Darn it. Next time. <laughs> so, Wendy, uh, in terms of your work travel, um, you've been to um, most major markets in sports. Do you ever turn your work trips into um, fun trips and give me your top three favorite NFL cities to visit. Oh, well, well see, that's hard because, um, yes, to answer your question, like, I love going to San Francisco because I love Napa and Sonoma and I love San Francisco. Um, I love to ski, so Denver is pretty awesome because you can always add a day on to ski, you know, and not somehow, you quote, missed your flight. Uh, yeah, I'm always, uh, and Miami I love, so that. Those are all great cities. In terms of NFL cities, um, I honestly do love Green Bay. I just think there's such a tremendous story. I think it's amazing that you're driving down this tiny road and then there next to Old Navy is Lambeau Field. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it never gets old to me. Um, I love Pittsburgh as an NFL city. I think there's a lot of passion there, too. It's, and their stadium is great. You're downtown. You've got the Pirates and Steelers. Uh, so my – NFL favorite cities and my city cities differ a little bit. Although I, I, I think I would put Den- Denver's probably the one that crosses over uh, my way. My hometown. Yeah. 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 So, there you go. Wendy, I'm, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking Green Bay and Pittsburgh, like, not exactly Athens. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know, right? But, but here's the thing. I love – there is there's, there's great stories there. And if you're talking about the NFL, I mean, I, I seriously I, – I can tell you, and I mean this sincerely, I still get chills at Lambeau Field. I mean, it's just – you know, one of my favorite books is uh, When Pride Still Mattered about Vince Lombardi. I love, I love everything Lambeau stands for. Uh, and Pittsburgh's uh, formally – Pittsburgh's come a long way, but, you know, formerly this blue-collar, gritty city that loved their Steelers – and they're passionate. And if you're from Pittsburgh, this amazes me. And, you know, I mentioned I live in New York, and it, but there are plenty of people here from Pittsburgh. There's plenty of people here from all over. Man, people from Pittsburgh love being from Pittsburgh. I mean, they yes, do not they mess do. around. They, they love it like no other. And although I can't really, you know, identify with that, the passion cracks me up. I love it. And uh, they, they, they will tell you they're from Pittsburgh. They will live in New York like 98 years. And they were in Pittsburgh for three, and they're like, yep, I'm from Pittsburgh. I love it. I'm just, I just want to stop here. I hate to make this podcast about me, but you mentioned all the things that you enjoyed about Green Bay and never once did my name come up. (laughs) With good reason. With good reason. Of course, that goes without saying I met you there. And, you know, I did pay taxes in Wisconsin one year, the year Brett Favre decided to uh, unretire. I called it the year Brett Favre stole my summer. Yeah. Um, Mine as well. Maybe. I have an affinity for Green Bay because people were so welcoming. You know, it's middle America. There's there's great values. There's great people. I, I, I had a great time. I really did. I mean, I, I would have maybe preferred to have a day off every now and again. But, Adam, you were a great host, and, and Green Bay is a great city. Great, great little city. He's smiling. He's smiling big and bright. Um, <laughs> I, can't, no, I can't tell. I hope so. <laughs> So you mentioned getting chills when you walk into Lambeau or some of those like sports um, monuments, if you will. What, where are some places you've been across the world that have just given you that kind of visceral, physical reaction of, of joy or, or awe? Yeah, that's a great question. For different reasons, I mean, New Zealand, for sure, 
for sheer geographical beauty. I mean, yeah. I my your eye in New Zealand, for anyone who's ever been, I probably can understand what I'm saying. You, you're not used to just seeing, I mean, it is, it is beautiful everywhere you turn. You know, lakes and mountains and green. I mean, it's just so, it's so, it's just so beautiful. You know, you're not going there to see ruins or go to museums or there's all kind of, you're going because it's just stunning. And um, so, so that was all inspiring. Cambodia, because of the resiliency of the people, you know, we're not even a generation removed from, from genocide, from the Khmer Rouge. Um, people our age, their parents lived through that. It's a very quiet, respectful country because it's still, it's still sort of finding its way after this awful period in history. And yet people are so overwhelmingly welcoming and they will give you whatever they have, although in many, many cases that's not much. And so that for sure, you know, got my attention and was, was awe-inspiring in that way. And then this past March I was in Sri Lanka, and it's odd because it's a little combination of the two. Uh, Sri Lanka also had a nine-year civil war, although nothing, nothing like what Cambodia went through. And it's waking up to tourism and coming to life in a different way. And that's really fun to see. You, you sort of feel like, you know, in 10 years we're going to be talking about Sri Lanka as a place everywhere everyone's going or everyone who travels it wants to go. Whereas I felt like we were there a little bit early, which was, which was neat to see. And I'll be interested to see what it becomes. Yeah. So those are the ones that, that stand out. Yeah, I mean, I in, in terms of places that blend those two, we went to South Africa, my wife and I, and just the yeah, like you said, the physical That's beauty. That's be similar, I would think. Oh yeah, like the the mountains and um, just the the topography, but also just clearly, you know, we did a couple days of safari, so the animals and just being that close to the exotic part of nature. But also, yeah, I mean, you're driving around, you're looking at how gorgeous it is, and then you just drive by like in a whole city, a community of shanties, and you're just like, geez, this is a, still a community that is. Try, or a country that's trying to move forward after a long state of just um, very difficult times. So it's, it, it, does that make you uncomfortable as a tourist? You ever, when you see, yes, there's a resiliency, but when you see lingering issues of, of social inequality or other problems, does it make you, does it take you out of the moment? Um, not for me. I mean, I, there's always that argument, and, and we certainly have um, – Done, done our homework and, and even taking some classes on responsible tourism, uh, what that looks like, you know, sort of crossing the line between irresponsible voyeurism and then being a part of an economy that's trying to come back to life. And so I think for me, uh, trying to be responsible and, and approach things in a, in a sort of so socially acceptable manner it doesn't because it's part of, it's part of the story. And I, you know, I, I guess that's probably why I became a journalist. Again, they're a little bit tied together, my love of travel and storytelling. I'm, I'm, I'm just always curious. You know, I'm sure I must have been, I mean, I'm a pain in the neck now. I can only imagine as a kid, I probably had 10,000 questions. I, I always want to know where you're from, what do you do, who you are, what drives you, what makes you tick. And so that poverty, that history, checkered as it may be in parts of the world, combines to form the story. And so I'm always curious. You know, I mean, the, I went to the World Cup in Brazil. I had been to Brazil prior to the World Cup, but I was in Brazil for the World Cup. And that's a prime example, right, because it's a, a gorgeous country with a lot going on, but there was a lot of corruption. We knew then. We now know there was uh, 
so many questions about how they built the facilities and pollution and so you ask yourself, am I, you know, am I being responsible being a part of this? Should I be here? Should my dollars be sort of voting in this direction? And so you have to answer that. Everybody has to answer that for themselves. But I think it can be done in a responsible way where you hope you're part of the solution and not the problem. Yeah, you I mean, hope. no, you that's a great answer. That. And speaking of places you shouldn't be, have you been roped into like a terrible tourist trap that you just have been like, oh, how did I, how did I fall into this? You know, I... I'm sure that's on. I'm sure that's on my horizon uh, because I'm always willing to go. Let's hope not. Uh, but I've, I've been pretty lucky. Um, there have been places that maybe weren't as you know, maybe didn't come as advertised, perhaps. But I don't feel like there's very few places. I can't even think of one where I came away thinking, "I'm sorry, I went," or "I don't want to go back." That's my problem. I always want to go back, and you can't get back everywhere. So. You know, I, I left New Zealand saying I'd be back every two years. Well, I, you know, I can tell you that hasn't happened. But that's always how I feel. I always fall in love and say, oh, I'll be back. I'll be back. Um, but I haven't been anywhere now where I felt like this was a total ripoff. Uh, not that I can think of. I will tell you um, my worst was Mount Rushmore. It's worth oh, really? seeing. Yeah, see, I haven't been. So there, can I cross it off my list? Cross it off your list because I feel it's like one of those things where – you see it, and then, okay, that is impressive. It's like the postcard right. and, like, on TV, and I can walk away now and go back home to Colorado. That was that was my yeah. takeaway. Um, well, I will tell you, uh, Plymouth Rock, I thought, was a bit overblown. I just happened to be there. I didn't make a trip there, but I was like, really? They stepped up. First of all, it's like a pebble. It's like Plymouth Pebble. So I don't <laughs> really know what they're talking about, this rock. So I, sorry, Massachusetts, and I, I live there in part, but just the rock is a joke. I'll say that. Right. I, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, what <laughs> is – we're going to get to uh, uh, some rapid-fire questions here in a minute, but a couple more before that. What is your worst travel experience ever? Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I can't think of this right off the top because I'm, I'm so dramatic. I'm sure I was telling anyone who's listening at the time. Uh, I don't know, actually. My worst travel experience – um, I will say, just recently, this summer I flew to Paris, uh, on, I, I, flights were all like, I was going last minute, my husband had to go for work, and it was sort of an added trip that wasn't in the budget, so we sort of left it, if you can find a flight, you know, great, and flights were outrageous, and I should have known, I found some flight on some airline I'd never heard of for like, literally 70% less, I mean, it was one of those too-good-to-be-true deals. Wow. And I did get the flight, and it was a real plane, kind of. It still had ashtrays. I should have known. It still had ashtrays. I did not think we were going to get there. I mean, I did, it, it, I've never been so frightened. I'm not a great flyer, believe it or not, even though I do it all the time. We rocked and rolled and creaked across the Atlantic, and then when we landed, the power system shut down, and they couldn't get the doors. Like, the doors are activated by power, I guess. And we had to go down the ramp. They had to put down the sliding tube, like the... You know, what you, the things you would slide off of in an emergency. And that's how we had to get out of the plane. Oh, the inflatables? That's like which my worst a, nightmare. Which was at least of my worries because we were there. So wow. I was fine with that. And now I'm a tall guy and uh, I sit so in the, and, I, I'm a tall guy sitting in the exit row. And I'm always told that that's a possibility, but you've actually ex- experienced it. Yeah. Oh, it was awful. It was awful. And it was uh, like, they don't even, they're not even a real airline. They pop up in the summer 
for clowns like me who, who think you can find a cheap flight to Paris in the middle of June. And so they just operate these sort of fly-by-the-night, they, they rent these planes for the summer, fly people back and forth. But you know what? I'm still here, but I won't do it again. Well, you made it I through. I will not do it again. You made it through. And as your reward, you get to be on this podcast and take a special test. Yes. So, Wendy, you've heard okay. of, you've heard of the Wonderlick, of course, covering the NFL and high and low oh, scores. No, it's gonna be hard. Okay, yes, I have. This, I make fun of people. Now I'm gonna be one of them. No problem. We call these the just not sports wonder like questions. We have five questions guys. about tourist traps, locked and loaded. Are you ready? Which theme park has the famous Jaws ride where an animatronic shark tries to eat tourists? Oh my, it's not Disney. Uh, Universal? Yes, yes Universal correct. Studios. Yes! One what, for one. Yes, okay. One for one. What city has tourists flock to a giant wall covered in chewing gum? Oh my gosh. People do that? Yes. No idea. No, uh, uh, I do have to guess. Yeah, go ahead. Las Vegas. No, Seattle started in 1990s a market theater. Really? I just picked somewhere I hadn't been because I don't. Well, I've been to Vegas, but I don't know why I picked Vegas. All right, I've, I missed that one. Well, you probably did because it's our next question. Name the hotel on the Vegas Strip that's shaped like a pyramid. Oh. Because, uh, all right, that's in Vegas. What do they call that thing? Starts with pyramid. starts with an L. Oh, 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 not allowed to give clues, but I just did. Starts with an L. Wendy, it is what the is, Luxor. I don't, what is it? The Luxor. Oh, I wasn't going to get that. I'm glad I didn't guess. Okay, the Luxor. That's all in right. Vegas. Yep, two more. So you are okay. one okay. for three right. currently. Uh, at the edge of Fisherman's oh, I'm, I'm, Wharf. I'm off and running. <laughs> now you should know this one. At the edge of Fisherman's Wharf in okay. San Francisco is a pier yes. that's one of America's most visited tourist attractions. What number yes, pier is it? Oh come on! <laughs> really? It's that little seal. What do you call those other cute little? Is it seals? They flop around. They're so cute. People feed them. It's great. Well, I... but there is a number attached to this pier. I'm not sure I if it's the same. I... I'm using drinking water, but I don't, I don't know the business. What's it? I have no idea. Pier 39. Pier 39. I should have been there. In fairness to myself, I did know that. Okay. okay. Well, you need to do some more domestic travel, clearly. I, I was going to say, apparently. All right. Give me something easy this time. That was easy, but All right. you know, easy one. Uh, so, uh, number five and last one. Which state oh. has an entire museum dedicated to barbed wire? Called the Devil's Rope Museum. Are you kidding me? Can't you just ask where the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is? <laughs> these are these are tough. That would be. I'll give you. That's Texas. But I'll give you a makeup. Uh, which state? Okay. Which state has a replica of Stonehenge made out of old cars? Just on, did you get this online today? I saw this online today somewhere. Uh, Nebraska and Carhenge. Yep. Carhenge in Nebraska. It's your next Car- trip, Wendy. Just veer off the highway now. You can be there by Friday. We will make this the Grease. Oh, trust me. I, I probably could. 
Uh, all right, so Car Hinge, really? Car Hinge. Yeah. It's a real thing that happened, and oh, everyone man. everyone should go to it. We will make this uh, the next Wonder Lick entirely about Greece next time. <laughs> yeah, then I might. I mean, maybe I'd have somewhat of a shot. I told you I was going to be a subpar performer, but you, oh well. You did what a wonderful job, and you were the Just Not Sports first ever female guest. So congratulations! Yes, thank you so much for joining us. You know us. what? You're welcome. When you guys explode and this becomes huge, that's going to be like a trivial pursuit question. And I'm going to be the answer. Absolutely. Absolutely. It'll be on the Wonderlick. Yeah, it'll be on the, and I can't wait because I failed. Well, thank you so much. We, we know you're, we're especially thankful that you're driving. You've got other stuff to be doing. So thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure and best of luck anytime. Thank you. Thanks, Wendy. One of the most surprising movies of 2015 is Creed, the latest in a long, long line of Rocky films. It's the actors who are generating the most headlines. There's talk of Michael B. Jordan emerging as a new leading man in Hollywood. And of course, Sly Stallone is getting honest-to-God Oscar buzz for his understated performance as an older version of of the boxer Rocky Balboa. But forget the actors. To us, the Rocky movies have always been about the athletes. From Tommy to Tarver to Mr. T, pro athletes have been a huge part of the Rocky saga. So Gareth and Adam, Adam, I'll start with you. Which of the athletes do you think goes the distance? Uh, You know, having just seen Creed, I'm going to go with Tony Ballou, the Actor, the uh, boxer who made his acting debut in the movie Creed as pretty Ricky Conlon. Um, I would, I will say he did not have as many lines or as much dialogue as some of the uh, some uh, athletes have in other Rocky movies. But I did think his performance was the most natural of all. My favorite personal of all of them is uh, Mr. T in Rocky Part 3, but I thought his character was so uh, angry and almost psychotic without any backstory as to why that I can't say that his performance was the best. Gareth, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to take this conversation in a slightly different direction, and this is where I admit publicly that I've never seen a Rocky movie. What? <laughs> a single Rocky movie? I have watched zero Rocky movies to completion. Uh, we really should have vetted this before we talked. <laughs> we are going no, no. to have to... Uh, we're, we might have to edit this out, or you might be deported, Gareth. <laughs> no, I'm willing to risk it. I, I fully, as we were planning this, and we don't like to discuss what we're going to say on the show before it airs. It's like, oh, yeah, I've got something to say about Rocky. We could have a good conversation there, or play a couple things off each other. Uh, I kind of knew I had this in my back pocket and wanted to see what the reaction would be. So, listeners, that was the honest-to-God true reaction of Adam, Brad, and Joe to my admission that I have truthfully never seen a Rocky movie. Now, if you'll recall, in an earlier episode, I did reference 
I did not have cable growing up. So there's a large hole that Brad can attest to in my movie watching, mostly around the 80s. And uh, yeah, I never happened to watch a Rocky. But so Gareth, you've had like. I start for the had, just not sports. You've had like 15 years of access to cable now. Like you really got to like figure out how to catch up. See, the problem with cape movies on cable is that you just end up rewatching ones that you like. You know, it's not like it's such yeah. a, a passive way to watch a movie. You just put on, oh, cool, Shawshank, you know, or whatever. Uh, I never watched a Rocky movie. So Wait, I guess- but by that logic, TNT has a Rocky marathon every other weekend. I'm I'm stunned. And I'm judging you. <laughs> just, so, just so you know. Total just judgment. Clear, yes, I am judging you. No, that's fair. That's fair. That's why I threw it out. I figured it would make for uh, an interesting conversation. I guess I'm asking where should I start. And, um, yeah, mostly I feel like at this point TNT does hangover Lord of the Rings marathons. So I think they might have changed their stuff over the years. So, Well, here it is very simply. One, two, three, four. Skip five, six, Creed. Um, Got it. One, two, three. Not in that order, though. Not in that order. And by the way, Joe's looking at me. He's giving me the gesture. He, yes, in Joe, that order. Joe, how many have you seen? Uh, Gareth, I'm similar to you. I've only seen one. I've seen Rocky, the first one, oh, all the way through. Oh, look at this. What is going on? I don't understand any of this. <laughs> I don't understand any of this, guys. I okay. So, a- Adam, let's just kind of retake that for the for the uninitiated. Give me the order that you would watch them in in terms of quality of movie. Oh, in terms of quality of movie. Yeah. In terms of quality, okay. how would you rank them? Uh, okay, so I'm going to go in terms of quality one. Just and, and so. The original Rocky, number four versus the Russian, then Creed, then Rocky two, then Rocky three, then Rocky Balboa, and finally Rocky five, which should be buried and forgotten forever. Right. I'm going to go. I believe Devin Farachi. Devin Farachi described one of – it might have been Rambo 3 or one of the Rockies as, quote, barely holding up as narrative filmmaking. (laughs) Rocky 5. Yeah, it's where (laughs) Rocky goes bankrupt and has to move back to the hood, uh, more or less. And uh, then he trains Tommy Morrison uh, to be his protege. It is awful. There's rap music during a – the worst street fight in film history, you can skip it all together. Trust me. Um, that's a good – talking about Tommy Morrison is a good transition back to the athletes. By the way, Adam, I agree with your rankings overall. Four, I think, is the number one Rocky movie, then one. Um, <clears throat> and I do agree, Rocky – Yeah, I, I, I could see that. Rocky Five is the worst, but I want to get to Tommy Morrison because Tom, Tommy's my choice for the best performance from an athlete in this. And – Really? Yeah, and and I'm so real quick. Let me just throw it on the contenders. You know, if we had a bell, I'd ring it like, ding, ding, ding. So, Tommy Morrison was a boxer. Uh, tragically passed away after a battle 
a very strange and controversial battle with um, HIV and eventually AIDS, where he was tested positive for it and then denied or denied testing positive for it. It was the, the his circumstances of his death was um, was very convoluted to say the least. Uh, but he he was an up and coming boxer in Rocky Five. There was Mr. T and Hulk Hogan both appeared in Rocky Three. Um, Antonio Tarver probably had the most earnest of the portrayals of a, a boxer in Rocky Balboa, the comeback of the series. And what you guys may not know is, and I don't even want to count him, because I, I don't know that he really fits. Carl Weathers played in the NFL. So Apollo Creed played for the Oakland Raiders. He did. Huh. And he's the best by far. I mean, wow. he, he's on another level. So we, you almost have to kind of say, clearly, he's the best athlete performance. But... You know, if you didn't count him, who would be number two? I'd go with Tommy Morrison. I thought of all the things in that movie that are terrible, if his goal is to play a stuck-up brat you just want to punch in the face, (laughs) mission accomplished, T-Bone. Done and done. I'm in. I hated him. Yeah, yeah, by far the most annoying of all characters, but I felt he only played one he only had one voice, which was an angry, spoiled brat face and yelling the whole movie. Now, maybe that's what the role called for, but I didn't think he had a whole lot of, as they say, an acting biz range. No, he had no range. I mean, he had no acting chops at all. He was to, he was to acting what Gareth is to watching Rocky movies, which is <laughs> very raw. <laughs> Hey, I, you know what? I, I, I want to weigh in here, though. I have a lot of thoughts on this. Actually, I have no thoughts on this. I have not seen any of these movies. So. Uh, Mr. T was cut by the Green Bay Packers. Just throwing that out there. Really? So he was close. Well, what year? Yeah, was he that was like camp with... <laughs> was that like this publicity uh... stunt like two years ago? Or was that, uh, you know, he was trying to, to link up with Don the Magic Man uh, in the 80s? I believe this was uh, late 70s. He had a knee injury and was cut and then became a bouncer to the stars. Uh, Or a bouncer and then bodyguard to the stars. So, to the uninitiated, Joe and Gareth, like the way, I mean, Apollo Creed is on a whole different level. Like, he's, he's a cornerstone of the franchise, probably shouldn't have been killed in Rocky IV, spoiler alert, (laughs) but was. Uh, and I, I would say he, his performance is magnetic. It, it, it's one of the most charismatic characters and supporting characters, I think, in movie history. And a big reason why the first one is so well received. You know, he's he's the undisputed champ. He's the loud mouth. And he comes to appreciate and respect Rocky, which is a vibe that I think it's a little undercut in Rocky Two, And one of the reasons Rocky Two kind of just sucks. But after that, like, you got to give Tommy Morrison, Mr. T, they're committing to characters. I didn't really like... Antonio Tarver because it was so dry. We talked about this in previous movies with Hulk Hogan doing Santa has muscles versus like LeBron and Trainwreck. If you're just gonna go out there and play like a normal guy, I'm not feeling it. But if you're gonna create a character like Clubber Lang or Tommy's trying to do that, I don't think he's successful. Um, I give you, I just give you more props than just playing it straight. Yeah, I, I would agree that Antonio Tarver was the he was. Basically, a, a portrait of a stereotypical athlete. The other reason I can't give him any credit for his acting role is because 
Uh, at one point, uh, after Madison Square, or sorry, not Madison Square Garden, um, after MGM had been rented out uh, and filled with people, Antonio Tarver refused to go film the scene because he felt he wasn't going to be paid enough. So Stallone actually had to negotiate with him uh, to give him a cut of his own salary and points on the back end of the movie, uh, which re- resulted in Stallone making zero dollars for Rocky Balboa. Wow! Well, so for that reason make. alone, Antonio Tarver, you suck. You got a lot of balls to dick over Stallone in a Rocky movie. Like, just don't be in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, better hair: Clubber Lang, Mr. T's like mohawk, or Tommy More, uh, Tommy Morrison's mullet. Mullet. Mullet, for sure. Nah, Mr. Uh, T's Mr. hair is... T. Yeah, Mr. T's hair is iconic. Right? I mean... True. He's still making money off of it. Adam, what do you think is the best moment of all the athlete performances in the in the movies? Oh, you're putting me on the, the spot here. Um, of all the athlete moments in the movie... Um, the most memorable moment is when Mr. T shoves Polly out of the way. Polly has a heart attack and ends up dying. To me, that is the most memorable moment for many athlete um, in a Rocky movie. And not Polly. Just to clarify, not Polly. It was enjoy, his trainer. Counting, it was Mickey. Mickey dies. You're right. Sorry, yeah. Mickey. Uh, guys, guys, all, spoilers, please. I was just going to say, I also, Gareth Earmuffs. <laughs> I also do love, if we're counting Carl Weathers as an athlete, um, at the end of of Rocky III, um, where Apollo asks Stallone for, or asks Rocky for a favor, um, and that ends up being um, a fight um, between them, closed doors. Uh, I think that was just a, a really touching moment in the series and said a lot about their their friendship going from bitter rivals to uh, to allies in the ring. I thought that, w- that was great. I don't know, man. I, st- I like that Tommy Morrison fight against Rocky, the end of Rocky Balboa. It's so, like, late 80s, early 90s that it's a to me it's a fun kind of relic. Um, but I would argue not an important contribution to movie history. And crickets on the I have nothing to offer here. (laughs) (laughs) So, Adam, I just read today, speaking of Creed, obviously going to make a sequel. It was a huge hit. The director um, and Sly Stallone are thinking about doing sort of a prequel to Creed where they bring back Apollo. How do you feel? What are your thoughts on that? That potential? uh, I don't like that at all. I really like... Um, the Adonis Creed, who plays uh, Apollo's um, son in the new movie Creed. I like his character uh, and the direction that he's taking, and I would like to see that story continue rather than them going back to tell Apollo's story. I'm, I'm sure there are many Rocky fans that would, would like to, to see that, but um, if you've seen the new Creed movie, which I know neither of you have, but I have been to the theater to see twice now. Um, 
I would really like to see this storyline uh, continue. I think this may be Ryan Coogler's way of getting Stallone back in the writing process, and Stallone did not write uh, any part of Creed after having um, written uh, the screenplays for the previous six movies. But I think um, Coogler needs to continue on the path that he wants, and hopefully that's continuing with Adonis Creed's story. Do you feel like this is... Uh, like, like Creed is the new Rocky franchise. This is this is the passing of the baton. I know I haven't seen it, but um, yeah, bringing back Apollo might feel like a step sort of back into the old world. Do you, did the movie sort of set up that Creed is sort of the new the new franchise moving forward? It did. Um, without giving too many spoiler alerts, if you've seen the first Rocky, uh, listeners, I don't mean. Joe or Gareth, <laughs> um, if you if you have seen the first Rocky movie, there are a lot of parallels in this movie. Um, it's not a direct one-to-one remake, um, but there are a lot of similar storylines. I think now, though, you have a chance to take this character in a new direction, particularly um, just because of the way the boxing game has changed. I think there is a lot of interesting things you could do with the, the writing to, to really differentiate Adonis Creed's character and to take a step back to a, Apollo um, as a young boxer, although interesting, I think would be an unfortunate delay in what I think would be, uh, could be a great new franchise featuring his, his son, uh, Adonis. Yeah. Looking forward, um, who would you like to see? I, I know Brad was asking about a, a famous athlete that whose performance we liked. Do you have anyone who you could picture being in a future Rocky or Creed movie? Or Adam, go go for it. Uh, man, I well, if you're going to do a Creed movie, eventually you have to have some sort of MMA crossover. Let's hope not. Um, <laughs> uh, Conor McGregor, no. Conor yeah, McGregor showing up in yeah, here or something. That, that would be bad. I think that would be bad. Uh, I don't know who are the big boxers. Canelo Alvarez. Who's the guy that uh, knocked out Pacquiao and they said was kind of a bad guy? Um, uh, you don't mean Timothy Bradley, do you? No, it was uh, Pacquiao got knocked the fuck out by Juan Manuel Marquez. Marquez, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see Marquez in a Creed movie because I think he could wear the black hat, man. And these, what I like about these sorts of movies, despite, yes, not having seen one, they're, they're showdown movies. They're, yeah. uh, they're I want to see a guy in a white hat and a guy in a black hat. I don't want a lot of nuance. I want to know who to root for and go from there. So... Now Floyd Mayweather is too light to He's too hateable. He's oh, too absolutely. hateable. So you're saying no matter what character you have him at, even if he's a bad guy, do you think that he is just too much of a his own personality to be able to put in a role in a movie? Yeah, I feel like he's I would say so. He's yeah. too divisive. He's too polarizing. Like you you'd see him on screen and half the the room would hiss, you know, and uh, they're like, as much as I'm saying, I want white hats, black hats, and no nuance. I don't want it to be that much of a, a layup. So, yeah. I wonder if you take one of the Klitschko brothers 
and they become the new uh, Ivan Drago, played by Dolph Lundgren. Whoa. I just the, I remember that was such a huge movie because it was you know it, it really tapped into a lot of Cold War themes as well as the um, stereotypes of Russian athletes using um, performance enhancing supplements, particularly anabolic steroids. Um, so I wonder, is there any kind of global rivalry? I mean, the only thing I can think is some of the Islamic groups, but I'm not sure that's necessarily a, um, athletic rivalry. Is there, are there any cultural themes you could play off of for a future Rocky movie that might resonate with an audience? Yeah, it's a good Is he going to have to fight ISIS? <laughs> He's like maybe the best boxer from ISIS. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, man. Interesting. It's like Homeland meets Rocky. Sort of rumble in the jungle, only it's kind of like a tussle in the desert or something. I don't know. I don't know what it would be called. Oh, nice. No, they'd call it, come on, dude, they'd call it the sandstorm. <laughs> oh, you guys are good, despite having never seen a Rocky movie. Here, let me tell you this, to link these two things together, if... If I don't dunk, um, if I am not able to dunk on March 29th, I will host a Rocky Marathon, and eat during each movie played, I will make you all the cuisine of your choice. Oh, uh, listen! I, was gonna... I think this. I think whether 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 you dunk or not. It is time, is like, as we plan out what our year is going to be and make resolutions for our year, I think a big part of it needs to be Joe and I need to watch all the Rocky movies by the time we are back here for the first episode of 2017. Beautiful. I love it. Thank you to all of our listeners, the beautiful and unique Sparkle Ponies, in the words of Chris Cluey. Please go to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review us. Follow us on Twitter at JustNotSports. Email us tips, thoughts, or topics, JustNotSports at gmail.com. I want to give a shout-out today to our guest, Wendy Nix. Uh, just love talking to her about travel, her passion for travel. Love and really admire how she retains it despite being someone who's to travel for work all the time. I want to give a shout-out and put our hands together for Mr. Joe Reed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. On the mic. And uh, Yay, Joe. Gareth, any shout-outs? Uh, yeah, besides Tommy Morrison in that Rocky movie I just watched as we were recording, uh, shout-out to Joan Didion for writing the White Album, the first book I read this year. Boom. Uh, as usual, I just want to say shout-out to my cousin Ron and uh, my other cousin Ron. Ron Mack and my other cousin, Ron. You know what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll take it. All right, well, thanks to those guys. We love, we love the Rons. And uh, in the immortal words of Shaq, booty rappers, stay booty. Stay booty. Adam, give me a stay booty. Stay booty. Stay booty. Joe. Stay booty. Right now.